0: Thirsty my friends that's what I do. I drink and I know things Touchdown, Packers Put money in Lana! What? <laughs> Danger zone
1: gonna be this way? No! 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 Psych you out in the end This is the
0: way It's morphin' time!
1: Joyful and jolly fish. Ew,
0: David. I'd be better protected from mayhem. Like me. Hello, Wisconsin! Hello. I'm the dog time.
1: Nerd! I said I was ready, and now... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good Star Wars opener that we haven't done already. Can't just say this is the way anymore. No. It's too easy. It is too easy. But you know what? That's the way we do it here on the Midwestern Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Brian Stoffel, joined, as always, by my partner in crime, my co-host, my sidekick, my co-pilot, Din K.O. Kyle Olson. We are the Midwesternerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwesternerds. We are the Midwesternerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to midwesternerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. This week, we are wrapping up The Mandalorian. We had the Season 3 finale this past week. We've got a lot to talk about as far as this episode goes. Season 3 as a whole, and where are we going to go with Season 4? All of that and more. Kyle, you watched Season 3. You've been digging and loving this season so far. What are your final thoughts and we'll stick to the finale i really enjoyed it i had a very fun
0: time watching it i think we got a lot of cool elements a lot that i was expecting and that i was excited for there was one that i wasn't expecting that was really cool there was some it, it felt like a it, it felt like a nice wrap-up to almost a three season story which scares me because i i don't know i mm, we'll talk about that but uh no i think there was some really cool moments. there was one Moment that I cannot fucking wait to get to, literally jaw dropping, and like I can't wait to tell you what was going through my head while that moment was happening because it was honestly so perfect, one of my favorite Star Wars moments mm, ever, top five at least I'll say. Yeah, this was this was a great finale. I think it maybe it wasn't as good as people. I I could probably see some people maybe being disappointed with this because I don't think it felt to like the level that we all thought it was gonna be. Maybe um especially for the hype that Mandalorian had the first two seasons people have been down on this season i could see where people maybe were like eh, it was a okay finale you know but i personally
1: much like the rest of the season i've very much been enjoying all of this i will fall with those other people that you were talking about i did not hate the season finale i did not think the season finale was bad i also didn't think the season finale was great it was good the analogy that I was thinking about as I was thinking about this episode in a whole is it's kind of like the times when I go to a movie around dinner time and I bring my big bucket of popcorn and I'm like, this'll be my dinner, and it's good, but it's not really that fulfilling. It like it, mm. it gets the job done, but a few hours later I'm like, huh. I could use a little bit more and that's kind of how I felt about the season finale of season three as a whole. Let's get into it. I want to, I want to start with the negatives because I, I feel like I'm always like the negative Nancy on this podcast. So I want to get the negatives out of the way first, before we get into like the stuff that, that we really liked. I think the biggest negative for me is Moff Gideon as like a hole we built up and built up and built up in this season to get to Moff Gideon and we got him in episode seven which I was like yes finally because I felt his absence missing in like the first six episodes of the season like he had a presence in in the first two seasons especially in season two they teased his return and he comes back and the way that the last episode ended, where it was like I've got the best army, and I've overtaken Mandalore. I'm basically this overpowered, like souped up Vader type Mandalorian right now, and you're all fucked. And the way that he goes out, I was just kind of like, there were some plot elements in this episode that I was like, why? Like, is it just to wrap this up this quickly so that we don't have to, like, wait another season to kind of tie this up? Is it the fact that we talked about uh, either last week or a couple weeks ago, the fact that Favreau almost left? And the like you said, this the way that it ends all together, it feels like this could be the end of the series if it needed to be. And was this being an unhappy Favreau being like, all right, like, I'm gonna just do this, this way, because if, if I want to walk off, I, I, I could feel okay about walking off after that. So there's some things with the whole Moff Gideon thing that I was just kind of like, ugh, like, why did, why did we take Din, cat like, hostage? we never really got like a reason as to why we didn't just off him when we had the perfect chance to. He sees that Din escapes and he even is like to, to one of the, the best scar troopers as I like to call him. He's like, Oh, you let him get away. Did you? Well, I can see the two little dots, him, him and his, his kid like walking around. I can see where they're going and i'm going to just let them do what they're gonna do and then i'm gonna be upset about it like (laughs) that was the part where i was like really come on and then i don't know how i feel about him just being like oh hey i'm gonna like crush the dark saber like it was like the the toilet paper roll after it's done like i'm just gonna crush it like that and throw it in the garbage so there's that was like my big problems with with the episode as a whole i just i liked everything that we established and developed with moff gideon and the best scar troopers and taking over mandalore and trying to like get his rise into the into the new order and i get that Thrawn's the next big threat that's coming and so we can't have these two big threats button heads i mean we could but that's clearly not the path that they want to go in and it this felt like all season long i've been talking about how i felt like we're like it's been a lot of fluff and we've been doing a lot of things that aren't really necessary to the plot and i feel like instead of just like cramming this all into the, like the last two episodes. We could have stretched it out a little bit. You know, we we established that Moff Gideon has fully grown clones and he's the the whole reason why he wanted Grogu and Grogu's blood was so that he could make clones that had the ability to wield the force or that's what he was trying to do. What if earlier in the season we would have gotten Moff Gideon And they would have had like a battle and they would have offed him off and then they would have been like yep we did it like wipe the dust off our hands wipe the blood off our hands we got that taken care of let's go back to taking over mandalore and then he re-shows up in episode seven and all the mandalorians and us are like wait what like we saw bo katan cut your head off how are you back Like, something as extreme as that, and then we find out, oh, it was a clone, because he's got this whole batch of clones. Like, it just, I I liked what was on the, I liked the ingredients, but I didn't like how they cooked it, and I didn't like how it tasted at the end, (laughs) to to have another metaphor.
0: I've been
1: rambling, I've been (laughs) rambling a lot, Kyle, I've been enjoying your reactions, because they haven't been as extreme as i've been expecting so share some of your thoughts on some of this no because unfortunately
0: i agree with like everything you said like there's there is that element of i don't want to say major disappointment with moff gideon but there's like i i think they missed the mark on moff gideon this entire season and i think i mentioned in an earlier episode when they kind of revealed that he was coming back I was like, holy shit, I kind of forgot about him. I kind of just, in my head, he was locked away or dead. Like, I almost didn't remember what happened to him until they reintroduced, like, oh, he escaped. So then I was, like, excited for him to come back, right? Because he's a, he's an awesome villain. But then, what? He comes back for an episode. He, all of a sudden, has this dope master plan. Holy shit, he took over Mandalore. He's been there forever. He's got this Beskar army. He's got his own fucking suit. Holy shit. He's got the fucking three red people. I can't remember what they're called. It was like... It felt like they saved him for six episodes and then brought him in the last two as a storyteller that, to me, says, okay, he's going to, quote-unquote, win. You know, Infinity War Thanos type of win. And we're going to get more of that in Season 4. A confirmed Season 4 that Jon Favreau has already written the script for.
1: And that he said, too, that he was like... I wrote it as I was writing season three, because I yeah. was thinking, where, where are we going to go with season three? Like, what's the story afterwards? Yeah. And this doesn't line up with that train of thought for me. No, I was, no thinking, because... I was thinking the same thing that you were thinking. I was like, okay, we're bringing him back the, the next two episodes. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was waiting for the, the moment where, like you said, they lose and they have to not only like this is what really brings the two clans together like because they're they've been together but they still have like their different you know thoughts and beliefs and all that but this is like a oh shit like they got the planet first yep. and they're at like empire level if not worse because they have our best car. Mm-hmm. like now we really have to come together now we're two tribes of how many tribes on this planet now we really need to find the rest of our people and build this army up to take back and instead they're just like nope and don't get me wrong i i liked this part of it too but they're like nope we're gonna crash the star destroyer into the base and then that's gonna again like brush the dust off our hands yeah. like it's done it's over with and it's
0: I, yeah i like that part too i was also sitting there waiting for the other spy I was yeah. waiting for some sort of turn. Like there was there there had to have been after the last episode. I felt like there had to be some sort of backstabbing, and there was nothing. There was no hint of it. Even the because... armor was like just helping the whole time. There was there was zero conflict in in the Mandalore. Like the, I don't know, because it was so was, confusing. Who was the other spy in episode seven? Then I mean, or don't like... get me wrong. There probably still is one, but I felt like this should have been where you reveal it. I don't. I i don't think there should have been a happy ending at the at the end of the season i really no. don't the way that they were telling the story there should not have been there was too many happy moments and endings in this season At first, yes. unless it's unless it's done You're, you only tell three seasons but like i said they already confirmed season four they're hoping for a season five potentially six like they're hoping for more shit with dinjarin
1: like they well, want to see more that, the 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 Dave Filoni story, they they flat out said that that's gonna wrap up Din and Grogu's. That's story. true too. That's Is true, that movie? exactly? So uh, I liked that, you know. They 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 have this little cabin, but by, by the pond that they can sit by now, and Grogu can bring the frogs up from the pond with the Force, and like like we can have a little bit of a happy moment. But at the same time, it's like all the things that we were built, and I feel. my thoughts are all over the place i i know we're not but i feel like we're crazy thinking that the way that things were filmed and and the just the the tone of some of these moments like we've been talking about this whole season how the armor has felt shifty or like things have felt like not totally on to the point where we were suspecting the armor or 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 axe Axel or whatever the fuck his name is or or somebody to be that other spy to be to to maybe betray them even even when paz was still alive he was on the table of maybe mm-hmm. being like hey i'm not i'm not cool with this like and maybe doing something shifty but no that that wasn't the case with anybody like it all it all worked out perfectly in the end except for the dark which again i i i i understand the the message of like we don't need this physical object to to come together as a people and and to have a a true leader but at the same time like it's still key to their lore and it's still too important of a of an artifact of an object to just like literally crush like a piece of paper and not only that but like
0: this whole season felt like all of the Mandalore both tribes going back to what they were, they're back in their home planet they're back in the forge, they're back in the living waters they, sh- I've- they should have the Darksaber <laughs> I, I, that moment to me was like that moment was like what? he just crush. Like, it sparked, and I was like, did he just, like, disable it? And then all of a sudden, I saw it bent, and they dropped it. I was like, did he just fucking break the Darksaber? And then he goes, you've lost the Darksaber, and now you don't have anything. And I was like, uh, okay. I guess this is how they lose. They don't have the Darksaber now.
1: I I was so conflicted this whole episode, because (laughs) I liked a lot of what I was watching. But as I was liking what I was watching, there were also like beats and moments in those liking moments where i was like uh wait what no huh what like the whole t- <laughs> the whole time and a lot of it like i said was was around was around the Moff Gideon stuff because i liked the fact that he was growing his own clones where he was like oh new order wants clones all right i'll do that but the clones are going to be me because I'm an egotistical narcissist and I am almost perfect. I'm like 99% perfect. But I'm I can't wield the force. So I'm going to grow these clones that can do that. I I like that that story beat. I like that motivation. But to get it in exposition and then for him to be like, you destroyed the only ones that I have. And God. I watched you do it. I watched you walk into that room. And I watched you set those chargers. And I watched you expl- I watched you blow them up. Not only that, but
0: that moment where he blows them up feels like he didn't do it. It felt like they were blowing up and like he was being attacked in that room because they started running. He's like, Oh shit, we gotta go, like something's happening. Right? And they run into a trap where Muff Gideon is literally just standing there. Yeah. No. I Okay. Listen. I know. I said I like this episode. I'm probably <laughs> shitting on it way too much. I did like this episode. There's cool
1: stuff in here. We need to get the negatives out of the way. Yes, we're getting the negatives out first. And then, this was one of those moments too where I was like, I like this, but I don't like it. If he's actually dead, <laughs> there's the key though, <laughs> which. I, I didn't see a body, which, no. On, on the one hand, a Star Destroyer exploded on top of him, so maybe there wouldn't be a body, but he was wearing Beskar armor. And, and literally the entire
0: episode, they're all fucking just hitting each other with flamethrowers
1: to zero effect. You're
0: telling me now that that burst of flames burnt... The, mm, I don't know, dude. It's,
1: I don't know. That's been one of... That was one of my problems in the last two episodes too, which was like, what? What's the integrity of Beskar? Like, how come some? How come some blasters like bullets can take out Beskar, but others? I do can't? have an answer for that. How I come an some? Like, how can some flamethrowers can take out some Beskar, but like others can't? Like it, it, it felt very pick and choose at the, the end. The flamethrower, I agree. That one had no continuity.
0: The blasters, I will say. I to me, at least, there seemed like there was a decent amount of continuity where when you hit this, when you hit in like a very armored place, no effect. If you hit somewhere, maybe like on an arm or something, that might stun them, but it's not going to put them down or anything. Most of the Mandalorians were hitting the clone troopers, like where the armor had their weak spots, because that's the key is that these Mandalorians have had the armor for so long that they know where the weak spots are in a lot of these armors. So they're hitting them, you know, in the neck, like a lot of their attacks were mostly towards the neck where there's not a lot of protection or you know in like joints where it's hard to fully armor so i yeah but like i said the the flame was like they just kept yeah. using it too it's like you know beskar is like not affected by fucking fire and you're still just blasting everyone's using fire but on
1: each other when he was fighting them in the hallway didn't didn't take out one of them with his flamethrower he might have subdued them, maybe. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't think it was a fully I don't think it was the knockout blow. And there and this might maybe you can blame this on like the special effects, but I I felt like I I saw and not all the time, but I felt like I saw like a couple of the best guard troopers and a couple of the Mandalorians like go down with like a chest shot or sure. like a, a head shot where it was like again where it's like that place is fully armored and sure you shoot at it 50 times at Dinjar, and he takes it just fine but best guard trooper like oh oh nope he's yeah. done <laughs> who knows the the praetorian guards i liked this scene i love this scene but at the same time i was like i just watched in the last episode paz get taken out like a bitch for them yeah and then. We we took them out because we're we're Din and Grogu.
0: Yeah, because Grogu
1: is the Force. <laughs> I he does, but at the, again, I liked it. Plus, I thought it was plus, cool. Plus, I, I
0: I think it's also pretty well established that Din Djarin is a better fighter than Paz. So you throw in a better Mandalorian fighter, especially close combat. You have you
1: have to give me that at least.
0: Yeah, I guess. And you throw in and you throw in Grogu, who's protecting his dad. Like,
1: obviously, again, some uh, strong
0: powers are going to come out of that.
1: <laughs> I liked that scene, but. The, the the logic part of my brain i had i kept having really? to tell them to shut the fuck up like this whole episode cuz see
0: the, the, i i think that was good storytelling in my mind because you have that past visla scene where they literally took him out in like 15 seconds and then they they show up against din and it's like oh fuck <laughs> din might die here like i genuinely was like holy shit they might kill din here <laughs> uh but yeah and then they and then they oh my god and then they chase grogu into the fucking and the door closes and i again was like Fuck, they're going to kill cool Like, how does he get out of that? And it was... I really enjoyed it. Because, again, we've seen them in... I think it's... Is it episode 7? No, it's episode 8. Where uh, Kylo and Ray fight those... Whatever they are. Um, yeah,
1: episode 8. Yeah, which is fucking awesome. That whole fight scene. That but, fight like, scene is pretty sweet. That fight scene is so <laughs> Dude, fucking cool. It's so funny that we, like, disagree on a lot of things and a lot of things star wars (laughs) and the one thing that we agree on is like the one thing that everybody disagrees on and the fact that like we both really like the last jedi and we're like the only two
0: people I see a lot of other people, ha- I shouldn't say, I see a- I see other people have that take too, but it's always considered as a hot take that no one else agrees with,
1: so I love that. That's where the sequel trilogy ends for me, is in 8. It's like, oh, they realized how much people hated 8, and they decided not to go forward, and mm, mm-hmm. I just, I guess we'll just have to headcanon how Ray, Poe, and Finn uh, end up saving the the New Republic. Hey, somehow Palpatine returned, and we're going to figure that out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite lines in movie history uh, uh clearly it was because moff gideon brought the cloning technology up uh substantially obviously he was giving them
0: the force I don't know. project necromancer which is project somehow palpatine returns uh anyway ray and kylo beat those fuckers because they're jedi and they have the force he de- the grogu obviously isn't like a full-blown jedi at that point it never will be it seems you know he's mandalorian i guess he might be cross <laughs> but at the end of the day they can't really fight against the force you know they can be the best trained fighters in the world even moff gideon had that that was his downfall he 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 knew that that was going to be his downfall he was trying to give himself the force and honestly like you mentioned it would have been fucking cool if we killed off gideon early in the season and he comes back as one of his clones and he has the fucking force but then Grogu—that's where Grogu comes in, and like that's the cool moment where it's like Grogu's Force is uh, is overpowering him, plus the two Mandalorians fighting him. Like it, he's still being overpowered by people together because Mandalorians are better together, right? So like even though he's strong, and it would be a cool force of like holy shit, Moff Gideon now has the Force, and he could kill—he could kill each one of them
1: individually. But
0: or it would have been
1: a cool story beat too. Or if we killed moth gideon off earlier in the season mm-hmm. and then when he comes back if they they had moments where you find out that he you know he was trying to put the force into the clones if there were moments with both the first one earlier in the season and this one where you couldn't tell like maybe they were using the force but maybe they weren't to really keep that guessing game going of which one's the real one, which one's not? Are they force sensitive? Are they not? And then instead of having this finite, oh, those were the only ones that I had, and you destroyed them, if 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 we left the season and went into season four, being like being like Moth Gideon's still a variable, like is he still on the table? Is he not? Are there clones out there of him yet? Are there not? Instead of just this, those were the last of them, and I disappeared into a cloud of fire.
0: The fact that <laughs> I I don't understand the storytelling the, the storytelling element of introducing potential force sensitive clones. And immediately killing them like there was no in episode seven they accused him of doing his own cloning and he flat out denied it and we got nothing else in the rest of the episode of that maybe maybe a hint here there it's all of a sudden in episode eight it's like oh i have been cloning myself they're gonna be force sensitive because that's my one weakness just kidding you killed them all (laughs) what that's what where's the threat in that there's zero threat in it because it's already gone
1: (laughs) Let's let's bring this full circle. Yes. I hate this trope. And it's a trope at this point because the other time that it was used where I also hated it was Captain America Civil War. In the third act, when they find the bunker where all of the sleeper soldiers are. Yes. Yes. And we're expecting <laughs> we're expecting Iron Man, Cap, and Bucky to have to fight like six or seven winter soldiers and then approach zemo to then go into the room and be like oh yeah i killed them all why <laughs> i i hate when you do this <laughs> like i hate when people are like hey you you know this cool concept that you would love to see <laughs> Nah, just kidding they're dead oh, Fuck you yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did here too. It's like four sensitive mo- multiple four sensitive mod Moth Gideons in fucking Beskar armor. Like that'd be fucking cool.
1: No, nope. It's 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 one of my biggest issues with Civil <laughs> War. And it's <laughs> now one of my biggest issues with <laughs> season three of Mandalorian. To yeah. wrap
0: up my to wrap up the negative part of this, yes. and then we'll go into what we liked about the episode. To wrap that up, far be it from me to tell John Favreau how to tell a story but you can't intre- reintroduce a villain in the last two episodes and kill him off because it just all season who who was the villain all season honestly who was it other than Moff Gideon who showed up in episode seven and then just exactly. then, and then it's just gone. You you're building up this entire season. He's back. He should win, and you should we should have to be worried about the fight against Moff Gideon going into the next season. Instead, what they did was they want to go into Emperor Thrawn, Right? Fucking. They mention him once in this entire season, and then they kill off Moff Gideon, who the, who they spent three seasons on now. Well, kind of three seasons. Uh. They, they just completely wasted this storyline so that they can jump, so that this can connect to Ahsoka. That's all that this is. Because what they could have done, again, Moff Gideon, they could wrap up Moff Gideon in the next season of Mandalorian, and then they can uh go and help against Thrawn if they get a fifth season or just in the movie. We don't need Thrawn in both shows. You know what I mean? Thrawn, it obviously is going to be in Ahsoka. We saw him. That should be. Now now it feels like the fourth season is going to, like, we're going to get Ahsoka, and that's going to set up a conflict with Thrawn, and he's going to be a big bad. And then it feels like we're going to force Mandalorian into that story, and then we're going to get the movie. Why not just have Mandalorian tell his own story against Moff Gideon? Ahsoka's telling the bigger picture against Thrawn, and then everyone has to join in because that battle is so intense.
1: Like, I just and I you don't understand the storytelling on that. You could have kept Moff Gideon into that, too. Because Absolutely. he is he is as we saw in episode seven he is still working with the secret group of the new order who are all technically working under thrawn and he was like oh this big bad thrawn that where is he and why are we doing all this stuff for him when he's nowhere to be seen and then in the movie that's when thrawn comes back and is like uh no fuck you moff gideon now you're gonna be my pawn again and I like that you brought up Ahsoka because that was the other thing that I felt too. I was like, We're we're supposed to be connecting all of these things for this movie. And I I thought there was gonna be some kind of uh at least something small to be like, Oh, hey, remember, we got this Ahsoka show coming out in a couple months. Like, even when they go into the the X-Wing pilot bar at the end. Where he's like hey i'm gonna work for the new republic now but it's gonna be bounty hunter stuff and it's gonna be on my terms but Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a favor for you i expected to see purple sasquatch dude back again from (laughs) rebels don't know his name because i didn't watch rebels yet something at least like that to be like to be like oh hey what do you think or could you help him out and him being like no i got this other thing going on with uh with my crew like something to be like oh hey what's that about but there was nothing it it, it felt very much like a, we're done with mandalorian but then to be like just kidding there's going to be a season four and he's going to be tied to that movie that's what worries me because that it just this felt like a wrap-up of this of the show but there's going to be another
0: season so i'm just <sighs> where do they go from here Exactly. They go into a Thrawn story which does not make sense for the story that they've been telling for three seasons.
1: And I mean I guess it helps that you brought in Ahsoka in not only Book of Boba Fett but also season two for her to be like, hey we need all the help we can get. Well, let's get this Mandalorian in that that I almost trained his apprentice in once. Let's get Luke Skywalker back. Let's get Every, like, I I guess that's how, but uh, yeah, it just, it feels very disconnected. Yep. <laughs> Let's go into the good. Well, I, I like to end on a positive note, uh, yeah. as surprising as some might think, because yeah. I, I tend to be the negative Nancy on the show all the time. What? Yes, I do like and enjoy the things that we talk about, which is why we talk about them, because I like them that's a great point actually like because like people
0: some some sometimes people when when people like us are podcasting or whatever they're on the internet and they're complaining about something it's like well if you don't like it stop watching it's like which is what i like to say about stuff but like we we like it and we want it to be good that's where the that's where the criticism and the dislike for a lot of this comes from if we weren't passionate about star wars we would be like wow that wasn't very good (laughs) and then we might move on but we're so passionate about it that we can talk about the negative shit for 33 minutes.
1: <laughs> and it, it's the thing that I've been saying this whole season that we've talked about it on the show is that seasons one and two set such an incredibly high mm-hmm. bar if it would have been more along this level of a show, mm-hmm. maybe I would have been been more positive about it. or maybe I would have been like, well, Kyle, tell me what happened in Mandalorian because I dropped off in season one because that it just wasn't my jam. Yeah, but it set that bar, that incredibly high bar. And now when it doesn't live up to it, I know what I've had in the past mm-hmm. and I want it to be that good. Exactly. And that's where my criticisms come in. And that's why that that's what the majority of the things that that I complain about on this show is that it it's it, it's at a level that I expect it to be at. And when it doesn't reach that level, then that's where that's where the criticisms come in. I I mean, I feel like I've shown recently that that's not always the case, like our quantum mania spoiler talk where everybody hated that movie. And we both loved that movie. And that whole episode was just us being like, wasn't this great? Wasn't Mm -hmm. this awesome? Were there a couple nitpicks in there? Sure. But the majority (laughs) of it was, wasn't this awesome? But again, we're passionate about it. So there's going to be nitpicks because we want it to be good and perfect. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's not talk about Quantumania. Not because it's a bad movie, but it's because of uh, our our star villain who's um probably not going to be our star villain any longer, at least that actor, but we'll we'll s- I know that's been a, a a big news topic and we have been purposefully avoiding it because no. I don't I don't want to talk about it until something's confirmed. If Correct. If, if he's a D bag, if Marvel drops him, I don't want to talk about it until those moments or until he gets cleared.
0: And then we don't could, have to talk about it,
1: <laughs> which could be a possibility too, but it's, it's not looking good. And it's looking worse and worse every day. And that's all we're going to say about it for right now. It, will we talk about it in the future more than likely but until some concrete news or evidence or something worthy that we feel like talking about in that regards in this this show happens like we're we're just gonna avoid it till then yep. positives positives the action was really great this was yeah. and this was a, a fast-paced episode Ooh. I thought of one more negative. God damn it. <laughs> quickly, quickly. it, it It's sometimes a, a, an issue for me, but not always. But it was for this episode. I hated how short it was because it sure. felt so crammed in, condensed, like rushed, rushed. The fact that after the, the previously on and then the Star Wars like intro thing that they do for every Star Wars project, it said 33 minutes. And I was like not to mention it's like five or six seven minutes of credits at the end yeah 33 minutes i'm like what yeah and then immediately after this episode ends i have dinner with the lady and we throw on ted lasso which is an hour and 10 minutes long is it this week holy shit. yes and oh, no. i felt more I I felt like I didn't just eat popcorn for dinner. I had like a like a filling meal. I can't wait. All I want to say is there's a moment that happens in Ted Lasso this week where it might be one of my favorite moments of the show so far. It involves Roy, and it involves Jamie and a bike, and that's all I'm going to say but it might be one of my favorite moments of the show. Oh, my God. I'm going to go watch this immediately after we record. <laughs> so, yeah, Ted Lasso, a show that I would expect more to have, like, along the 30-minute episode, and it's an hour and 10 minutes, and I feel more fulfilled and satisfied after that than I did with Mandalorian Season 3 finale. Mm-hmm. Disney, you got to – let's make these episodes longer. Come on. Can we
0: just can 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 Disney just fucking get over themselves and just let John Favreau do what he wants to do. Don't piss him off. Don't make him want to leave the show. Just let him do his thing and let him tell the story because it feels like this whole thing was just like god, not John since, Favreau.
1: Since Book of Boba Fett, which we talked yeah. about too, makes me believe those rumors of yeah. him and Kathleen Kennedy had a falling out and him almost leaving the show and not being happy because right of her meddling into things and being like this needs to happen in book of boba fett grogu's our big money maker with merchandise you need him in the show you need to put these two back together as soon as possible
0: it is isn't a good sign to me that they he like i said he did kind of back to back right three and four and he's him him and uh, i can't remember the showrunner's name but they're very dave filoni yeah, Dave Filoni. They're they're very positive on the fact that there's going to be more Din Djarin and Grogu outside, even outside of the movie too. So, anyway, the good I, stuff. Yes. yes, let's go back to the action because I yes, completely agree. Like we, I think we open up on Din escaping from the two guards, right? Like yeah,
1: like right away. Honestly, and then...
0: any halt, like any one-on-one action with dinjarin or well one on anyone is just so cool like i just love his close combat shit. it's just so yes. it's different every time and it's just so creative i i there's, love it it's
1: so good there's a certain section in the episode that i want to save till the end because it was my favorite part of the episode and probably okay. my favorite part of season three it involves din and his hand-to-hand combat oh there, okay i have a different favorite part there's a section that I wanna save till the end, because yeah. like I said, I don't want it all to be negative. Build build up the positive now to the favorites. Well, then let's let's talk about the
0: the combat in a little bit then. Uh, so one of my other favorite parts was the little mini R5 mission, where it was kind of just him- Which is- And then the yeah. droids- well,
1: Let's save that, because that's that's part of it. That's oh, part okay. of my favorite oh, part.
0: Oh. That's, that's, okay, that's right. part
1: of my favorite part. All right, all right. Um, we'll save that too. <laughs> Um I liked Bo in this episode. I liked that she's with her crew and all that. I liked that she busted in at the end with the fight yeah. with with Moth because with all of her back history which again, one of the weaker parts of the season most of that is exposition, and not so much as we we saw the conflict with Moth Gideon, but the fact that the conflict was there. I like that it wasn't just Din and Moth to the, is, to the it, bitter end. I yeah, like no, that she that she came in there with that,
0: especially because she comes in after Grogu was cornered, um and, and locked into that other room. So Din's fighting Moth Gideon one on one. Bolkatan comes in. I, I i would have i would have liked maybe a shot where she notices that but i guess you can you know we can say that she obviously notices that grogu's gone because she literally comes in and says go save your kid um either way again nitpicking um but i love that she comes in she just goes i'll fucking handle this you this is this is also my fight so you go save your kid then we get the fucking up uh, the awesome fight scene with dinjarin and grogu and then i i just pokutan again dinjarin was Holding his own, but Moff Gideon had the upper hand. Bo-Katan holding her own, but Moff Gideon had the upper hand. It's not until the Mandalorians come together because they're better together. It's not until they come together and they defeat him like that. Like just the the part where she even sets it up. Like that's the line when get when she notices Din Djarin behind uh, behind Moff Gideon. She's like Mandalorians are better when they fight together, and then. <laughs> gets blasted in the back by Din Djarin. like that's just I that was good that was great all the fight scene with the three of them four of them is just awesome the fact that again Grogu the, the two fighting styles maybe still might have not been enough but the fact that Grogu was there still doing his four shit throwing his weapon off the edge you know pushing him every once in a while like there was just some really good shit in there I, I, I really like how they incorporated everything it was never it was always clear when Grogu was using the force, which I feel like is hard with a little fucking puppet like that, but it was always it was always very well told visually. So yeah, yeah I, I, I would agree. That.
1: that that fight with the with the guards and Din and Grogu, like it didn't it wasn't like Lizzo holding Grogu, where I was like, That's clearly a puppet, that's clearly right. a doll. It's not that's not Grogu. Like it 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 even, looked not, very convincing. He, yeah, when even he when, was, when he was
0: of the pipes like it I, I, yeah i feel like that could have looked phony but it really yeah.
1: didn't it's a tiny detail but when din first like takes out the best guard troopers that are walking him to wherever he's going to be contained mm-hmm. uh, i i like that they took his weapons they took his his jet pack mm-hmm. and he takes one of their jet packs and he takes the knife i wish he does later on but i wish right away he would have taken one of their blasters because it's like yeah. it's it's just laying right there he like yeah. take it, dude but i get it you want to be a badass with your knife and and you were i also love first of all we call both of us called this when uh
0: obviously grogu was gonna save him from the two you know obviously that was gonna happen i just i love that he butts in with the no <laughs> yeah no he just grabs her arm. Like, that's just dude, it was such a good setup with the fucking IG11. Uh with with him hitting the buttons and everything. Uh, all of that was just I I'm and they didn't overuse it in this episode either. There were multiple moments where they could have. Yes. But they, but they didn't. They used it. They used it, I think, only the once. And it was perfect. And that's all they needed. So yeah. Other than that, I I, I don't want to say there was nothing else that I like. There's nothing else that I really want to focus on for the rest of the episode. I except there, for my Favorite part, so and the part that you're going to talk about, so
1: so there's one more part before my favorite part, and then sure. yours, which I if it's if it happens to be yours, then I guess we're just going to talk about our favorite parts That's right fun. now. But I liked, I really liked how they utilized Axe in this episode. Oh, because this whole time I've been like, you're a shifty motherfucker, because the <laughs> <I> mean, chauffeurs. <laughs> Because for some reason, this show is trying to set us up to believing that there's going to be a backstabber. There's Mm going to be a a spy, a a betrayer. And then there wasn't, which Mm -hmm. don't Chekhov's gun, which we've talked about before. Like, we did not see the gun. And that that kind of annoys me. But because he wasn't the spy, because he wasn't a betrayer, I liked how they used him in this episode. I liked that he flew up to the fleet. And they made you believe all the way up till the end that maybe he still kind of was because he flies up. He's like, hey, it was a trap. We've all been ambushed. You all have to leave the ship. Like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And there's the one guy that kind of lingers and he's like, are you sure? And even he's like, what's going on? Again, I feel crazy after this, after this whole season is all said and done because the show's like, We never did that. And like the couple of Star Wars podcasts that I listened to were like, how could people think that the armorer was going to was going to betray people was going to like turn on them and be a betrayer like they they never set that up. And I was like, we did not watch the same season three of Mandalorian them because they've been setting all this shit up for the longest time. So I feel like we're the only ones that are like talking in the wind when it comes to that. But he looked back at him and he was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, just go. Like, I got this. Which, storytelling-wise, it could be like, okay, maybe he's just, you know, looking out for his leader. But the way that he looked and the way that they lingered, like, it set up a tone of, of distrust. Which, to me, I was like, no, I don't. Is he going to crash this into, into? Is is he going to rain fire down? on yeah. them like like thanos did in end game before captain marvel came he's you know just rained down on yeah. the troops and you know if we have casualties we have casualties but overall we're gonna take out uh, we're gonna take everybody out the entire time because we
0: again we talked about this last week with him flying up away from the fight we're like oh he's he's obviously going to do something like we we thought it, and the whole the uh, same thing the entire time i'm like okay he's going up evacuates the ship I was like okay he's gonna just destroy because he wants them to go to the drop ships because this ship obviously can't go to the atmosphere it does <laughs> but like he yeah. I, I thought he was gonna I thought he was gonna crash through them or get like you said shoot them down or something or I I thought maybe he was I don't know I I, I was waiting for him to do something but then yeah all of a sudden he's <laughs> I did like I did like the moment where he's just like Hey guys, fucking evacuate! Just get away from this fight. I'm I'm crashing the ship into the fight. <laughs> right. <He's> just like <laughs> no questions asked. He didn't go like God. Should I just should I just plow the ship into the earth? No, fucking. I like that I'm just he gonna was do trying, it
1: <laughs> I like that trying to take out as many uh, Thai interceptors yeah. as he could. Like yep. he, if this whole season wouldn't have been making me think that he's like an asshole that can't be trusted, I probably would have liked it even more Here. because of he was a badass like the entire time and the fact that he did take the giant star destroyer which was his home base his trophy that he earned Mm -hmm. and he's like no i'm gonna give it up for the greater good i ended up really liking that at the end no it's great (laughs) after all is said and done and thinking about it again i was like oh yeah I, i did really like that and I don't think you're crazy
0: because I've, I've been having this. We've been having this conversation I, this whole time. I so I don't, I, I, I still believe they fucking called the episode the spies. There's no way that they did that on accident. I, I still think there's a spy. I don't know how it plays into the story now or who they're a spy for. It must be the new Republic still, or not the you know, the new, uh, fucking whatever, uh, the bad guys. <laughs> um, but there i think there is still a spy they just they i think they did i will give them credit that they did plant those seeds make us think that it was going to resolve in this episode and it didn't i do think it should have resolved in this episode but the way that they used it did work for me because like you said i ax wolves like he was one of the cooler parts of this episode
1: i'm just having a bunch of thoughts now that i didn't have before that i'm i don't know how i feel about that either We know there's a season four coming. Correct. We know that Favreau said he wrote season four as he was writing season three. Yep. Who is the spies? We all felt that they were leading us to believe that people couldn't be trusted. What if they hold that back until season four?
0: Mm -hmm. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what it has to be now. That's what I'm saying. There's going to be a backstab. There's going to be a backstab. I am committed to that. It's just now going to linger into season four. Oh, uh,
1: now I'm gonna be <laughs> so an- I'm gonna be so annoyed when that happens. I'm gonna be so annoyed. I'm gonna be- cause I'm probably gonna feel the same way that I felt in this season. Where couldn't you have done this earlier? We all knew it was coming. Oh, I'm gonna be so annoyed. I'm gonna be <laughs> so no <laughs> I love that. I love
0: that you just all right.
1: Anyway. So <laughs> let, let's get into our favorite parts. Yeah. Because I oh <laughs> I wanna just ugh, wipe that taste out of my mouth. And so, on a high note. <laughs> my
0: favorite, my favorite part, and again, to me, top five moment in Star Wars. Like the it was just fucking so cool when the ship crashes and the giant fucking flames just engulf Moff Gideon. Again would potentially not be dead but we are now presuming that he's dead
1: and and if he's not dead and he comes back i'm gonna i'm gonna have mixed feelings on that too because i'm gonna be like i'm glad you're back because i like you as a villain but i am so annoyed at how they handled you and the fact that you are still back yeah i'm gonna be annoyed (laughs) so they have they have that shot of him getting engulfed in flames and screaming "No!"
0: And they, I don't know what they, they like cut to black almost for a couple seconds. And I genuinely, my thoughts, I watched this right before we recorded. My exact thoughts were did that kill him? That's going to kill them. They're only 15 feet away from him. How the fuck are they going to survive that? I was almost getting angry <laughs> that they were going to survive this. And then we get fucking Grogu putting up a shield, a force shield around them holding back a fucking star destroyer explosion around his mom and his dad <laughs> like one of the coolest again I think I was like how the fuck are they going to survive this they're they can't survive this and then they pull that out of their fucking ass and it just looked so cool it was a cool story it was a cool moment I just I absolutely love that like I literally when they showed that on the screen my jaw was open i was just loving every second of that like that is the reason i like star wars for those kind of moments it's just so cool wasn't not expecting it absolutely loved it
1: my favorite part of the episode was when he takes out him and grogu you know they take out the the best scar troopers that were gonna incarcerate him and then he's like all right like i'm, I'm kind of pissed that you hear but i if now that you're here, like you're going to help me out. We're going to work together, but be safe. And then he calls B5 and he's like, or R5 or whatever his name is. And he's like, hey, yo, I need you down here. You need to help guide us through this place. And he R5's like, I don't know. And he's like, I, I, I don't speak uh, a droid, but you need to get your ass down here anyway. And he comes down and he's guiding them through. And then we get the nostalgia feels of and people are going to be like what the nostalgia feels of the phantom menace where he gets to the hallway with with the uh with the walls that are up and i was like oh this is definitely phantom menace right here but this whole scene of him being classic star wars 2 of him being like all right you need to open up each layer as i tell you to and just being a badass and taking all of them out. Grabbing the the uh, the prod stick and then picking up the, the riot shield too and taking them out. And then getting to that point where there's too many of them. You need to open it up. And then he's R5's being <laughs> surrounded by the little mouse droids too. <laughs> classic, classic, hey, we need you to do this right now. Mm-hmm. I need you to do this right now. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck are you? classic Star Wars. I love that whole scene. That to me that scene was when Din was like the most badass this whole episode. Oh yeah. That whole scene of him taking them down, throwing them over the ledge because it's just these skinny little walkways that they're on, too. Not even a full floor. I was like, "Oh, I I ate that whole scene up. I was like, this where was this all season? This kind of awesome badass action as fans of daredevil i mean yeah
0: anytime you put the main character in a hallway in a narrow area with bad guys you know it's gonna be fucking great oh yeah uh no yeah i, I honestly I that is it. a trope that will never get old. Never. that will never get old the <laughs> fact that they teased it to us and she Hulk too oh anyway yeah no i loved i loved uh uh fucking r5's little adventure where he just i love that he just flies in there he looked so natural doing that like
1: I, I mean r2 r2
0: did so why, yeah, why that's can't true he, you know and then he, he's like sneaking around the little fucking mouse droid drives by it's a great setup and then he he just goes and does his thing all of a sudden great perspective we don't even know and then all of a sudden the fucking mouse droid comes and he sneaks in and we're like oh my god it was gonna and he just finds him and he just <laughs> like it was not a serious threat whatsoever so it was almost it was it was perfect because there was at no point that i think oh no b5 or r 5s not going to get the door and it didn't get to die it was just like a small little inconvenience that did heighten the drama like a tad bit and just made that fight a little bit better it was i i think it was so perfect it was a fun little side quest for and again it was dinjarin trusting a droid like he 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 called him buddy like four or five times like he Mm -hmm. he, there's another droid now that he trusts and it's i do like that small little i don't think it's leading anywhere but it is just cool character development any final thoughts
1: on the season as a whole Sorry. <laughs> siri stupid <laughs> um, At uh, least she final... was polite about her interruption
0: yeah for real <laughs> uh final thought i apparently didn't
1: like the finale as much as i thought i did <laughs> um there well, are still I, had, like a... I had this same reaction because <laughs> after it was done i was like i was like huh It could have been worse, but I think I pretty much enjoyed it. And then I thought about it more and I was like, did I enjoy it as much as I thought? And then the following day at work, listening to my podcast and them being like pointing out like all of the things that like I didn't like. And I was like, ooh, maybe I didn't like this as much as I thought that I did. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. I I still liked it, but I did not love it.
0: Yeah, I stand by. I stand by like the moments that were good were very good. Um, but there was, unfortunately, as strong as Moff Gideon was in the first two seasons, he was the weak point, in, unfortunately, in this season, which is just so disappointing. That's, that's a waste of Giancarlo Esposito. Um, Especially yeah,
1: since and- they made him look so badass in that Ooh. armor because oh, – and <laughs> this is me showing cards again. I've got way too many action figures, but when <laughs> they release – that Moff Gideon, who is the one character that I did not buy yet, mm. I almost did because he was on sale. He had the dark saber. I was like, I don't have a dark saber. I don't have a Moff Gideon. <laughs> For some reason, I was like, mm, I'm gonna hold off. And then they showed this best card, Moff Gideon. And I was like, okay, that's the one. And then, uh, yeah, I I agree, but uh, I'll stop but- interrupting you. <laughs> <laughs> at season as a whole
0: i still enjoyed it there was a lot left to be desired there's a lot of storytelling plot holes and there's just episodes that don't really fit and sometimes that's good it can work but i don't this season obviously was not this was the third best yeah this is the third best season out of the three pretty easily like by by a wide margin i would say I have to go back. I want to go back and rewatch this whole show, which I'm going to. I can't rank the first two seasons because I don't remember. You know, they kind of just mashed together in my head right now. But this is easily below the other two. Um, But
1: I still enjoyed it. The first two seasons are pretty perfect storytelling, which is why ultimately I said, I think I said this last week, that like if for some reason this, this show just goes down the poop chute, like it it kind of potentially could. Nothing will take seasons one and two away from me. And if I ever do a rewatch, you know, like I said, maybe maybe this show for me ends when Grogu goes off with Luke and Din fulfilled his his journey. And there's there's some potential possibilities of what could happen with with Din having the darksaber and Bo being pissed about it and Moff Gideon, you know, surviving that and I I just completely erase everything else that I watched from that point out of my brain and and head canon of how I would do it. <laughs> but overall, season three to me, and this is gonna sound weird, but hear me out as, as I explain the this other metaphor. This is the episode of metaphors for me, apparently. Season three for me is McDonald's. It's fast food. Sometimes that's what you need. You get some good stuff in there, too, every once in a while. It's enjoyable. It gets the job done. Is it the fancy steakhouse sit-down restaurant that Seasons 1 and 2 were? No. But at the end of the day, I had a hunger for Mandalorian. It filled me up. Unfortunately, I'm not to the point where I was with seasons one and two, where I'm like, Give me, give me season two, give me season three right now. I I can't believe I got to wait this long. What's going to happen? Now I'm kind of at the point where I'm just like, Well, I, whatever happens, I guess I'll find out eventually. But I'm not like clamoring for more, which is unfortunate because I do love this show. Seasons, when it was just seasons one and two this was like top star wars for me like din jarren had risen up to one of my favorite all-time star wars characters of all time the razor crest rest in peace is one of my favorite ships in star wars and now we're kind of to a point where i never thought that i'd be like "Eh, if i get more i get more if i don't i guess i'll be okay with that like It blows my mind and I just hope that it seems like we're back on speaking terms with people like as far as behind the scenes stuff goes for the most part Pedro is still like a variable at this point which never thought that was going to be a a thing but we never saw his face this season which also surprised me Mm. honestly with the way that Episode seven ended. I thought they wherever they were going to take him to interrogate him, they were going to unhelm him. Oh, because we we got we saw Pedro's face at the end of season one. We saw Pedro's face in season two. This was the only season that we didn't see Pedro's face at all. You know, and they could have and, still
0: defeated Gideon, and then he could have rebathed in the fucking living waters. That would have been good.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it's it's odd. To not show your star actor's face, which again at this point in this season he kind of was sidelined to, like Bo, Bo Katan. We Uh, saw Katie Sackoff's face every single episode. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So, yeah, it's just it's odd, it's bizarre, it's weird. But yeah, I do have faith that we can course correct this now. That Star Wars seems to have a plan as far as this area of star wars goes like we've got ahsoka coming we've got skeleton crew coming we've got season four of mandalorian coming and then we've got the dave filoni theatrical movie coming that's what's been officially announced
0: so we had a good three season arc right you know mando's kind of back to being a bounty hunter he's got his adopted kid din grogu uh we should have mentioned who is now like a a mandalorian uh apprentice uh that was
1: the least surprising
0: thing. oh yeah of course um entire episode (laughs) they reanimated ig11 he is now the marshal of navarro what else am i forgetting here they retired to that little cabinet in navarro but they're all you know like i said they're working for the new order
1: Which the new New republic I like as far as Din's story goes, yes, but at the same time, I was also like, Aren't you trying to still kind of reclaim your planet? But you're gonna they did, but the way that that planet was left, like, there's a lot of work to do. Well, yeah, but he's not
0: the one, he's not the one doing it though, he's he's still the bounty hunter now, he's got the apprentice, so he's got to
1: go. Train grogu which again i like but at the same time like you would think we spent this whole season trying to bring our people back together so that we can be back on our home world and then immediately he's like peace out sure i guess that was i don't know that i don't was that ever his main thing
0: he just wanted to be accepted back in I guess, but he was... I that was more bo the
1: whole time. Right. Either and way. I and also, I also didn't... <laughs> I keep finding more negatives, and I don't try it. to. I also didn't like the fact that we didn't get, like, a final conversation with Din and Bo. Oh, uh, we'll get more. <laughs> again, this... this ep-
0: the, especially the way... The last, like, two minutes of this, it was... Again he adopted Grogu. He's an apprentice. We got IG-11. They're retired. He's literally sitting on the fucking front porch of the thing with his feet up while Grogu's playing with a fucking frog and it zooms in and does like the, almost like a fucking comedy like, yeah, he's playing with a frog. This is the end of the show. It it honestly felt like the end of the series. So I, right now, as much as I love this show and as much as I love all of the characters, I have zero interest in a season four. Because I have no fucking clue what they're going to do, I—they're going to have to do. I'm excited for Ahsoka. They're gonna have to do a good job of somehow including that, including the Mandalorians in this season, in 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 this season of Ahsoka, to get me excited for a season four. Because right now there's no point. They wrapped up everything. They're living a good life. So I'm that. I think that's my main issue with this finale.
1: I also like too that what we re baptize past his kid in the living waters of mandalore but we get no like mention of the fact that his dad is dead no like honoring or remembrance you could have even been like here's his helmet it's now yours you know but it was just like yep he died an episode ago we're over it no mention yeah. again other than that was the final thing that you show in the recap Again, was, if Din has to get I, rebaptized I and does it with Paz kid next, like that's a cool moment. And I I always skip the recap because I'm like, I just watched this last week. Why do I need to see it? But even when you hit the skip button, it shows like the last two seconds. and the Last two seconds is literally t- Pazvizzla being like, "Boom, flop, dead." No mention of him at all in this episode. <laughs> but oh. we're gonna rebaptize this kid in the living waters and not.
0: Well, because he didn't officially do, he didn't get to finish his thing. I
1: get, but at the same time, like, his helmet's not even there? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. I'm done. That was our season three finale. Season three as a whole kind of final thoughts. Before we can wrap up this episode, we got to go into one of our favorite segments on this show. But even before we do that, I have a quick this isn't gonna be like a like a reoccurring every episode thing but i've got a quick unmatched update that nobody's gonna (laughs) care about but i'm doing it anyway because i'm super excited for king and country is gonna deliver by monday so stoked that was the set that comes with black panther black widow and winter soldier my most anticipated unmatched set i talked verbatim about that set last week, so I won't have the audience suffer through that again. But I just wanted to say, for King and Country, will be in my hands by this time next week. I will have played through a bit of it. I'm super excited. That is your quick Unmatched update. Now let's go into the best staff recommendations of the week. Kyle, what do you got for us?
0: I have, as teased last week, a book. Now, I will say, I'm not reading this book (laughs) I'm listening to this book as an audible <laughs> audiobook, basically a podcast. That's the way to get me to read, ladies and gentlemen. Give me free books. This book is called "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck," and like it is it one already. of it's <laughs> fucking phenomenal. It is by Mark Manson. It's a uh, counterintuitive approach to living a good life. And I won't go too much into it because I genuinely think anyone listening to this should go listen/slash read this book. It's it's kind of short compared to other audiobooks, which are like 12, 13, 14 hours. This is only like a five-hour listen. So I think it's a quick read as well. I I am not even all the way through it, but I fucking love it. It's just they first of all, much like myself in this podcast, they use the word fuck a lot. And it's that shit entertaining for me. But like it's just it it's honestly just such a good philosophical lesson of not it this book is not telling you not to give a fuck about everything in your life because that's that's not a good you know that's not a good way to live your life it's what what this book is teaching is picking and choosing what to give a fuck about and the to the different levels of what to give a fuck about and like the certain like what what the, the most recent thing that I was listening to this morning was like. Well, now i'm drawing a fucking blank on it too <laughs> nope completely forgot but it's just it it's it's showing people what to care about how to not how to care about necessarily i, I don't think that again i'm not going to do this justice it's just it's it's a really good way of going about life where you're not super focused on things that you don't need to be Focused on like there's certain things in life that you don't need to give a fuck about, but there are certain things in life that you do need to give a fuck about. But it's like certain levels about like you should give a lot of fucks about this. You should give maybe one fuck about this. Like it's just again, I'm probably not doing it justice. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a very highly regarded book. Uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I, someone finally was like, Kyle, you should probably fucking read this. I was like okay, and it's great. It's it's just it's eye opening. It's a lot of things that I've already over the past few years, I've had a big like mindset change as far as what I prioritize. So this is reaffirming some of those things that I've already started to do in my everyday life, but it's also furthering that concept and, and uh, just kind of, it's, it's, it's almost like a peace of mind where you're not just stressing over everything every day. You're, 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 you're worried about the things you need to worry about. And you know, if something doesn't affect you, then it doesn't affect you. Like, I don't know. If a certain beer company represents you know some who cares that doesn't affect you at all so it doesn't matter just don't drink their beer <laughs> there's just that kind of thing where pick and choose what you worry about the the subtle art of not giving a fuck strongly recommend
1: excellent i am also going to be best stopping reading material this week i'm going to be best stopping a series i believe i talked about it a long time ago with the first chunk of it. The second chunk of it is coming out now. There's one more issue left before the second part wraps up. And that is a crossover of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Something that happened once in the shows In an episode of Power Rangers in Space, they met up with the uh, next mutation (laughs) Ninja Turtles and not the best episode in the world, I will admit, as a fan of both properties. But the series in the comics is phenomenal. It's the Mighty Morph Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The first uh, story arc had Shredder get control of the green rangers morpher so then we had we we had green ranger shredder which was awesome and we also had uh giant bebop and rocksteady having to fight the megazord that's all i'm gonna reveal about the first part i want everybody to kind of go out and read it especially if you're a fan of if not both the properties at least a turtles fan or a power rangers fan you're you're gonna find a lot to get out of that series the second crossover so mighty morph power rangers teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 is currently going on right now it's a six issue arc five issues have come out issue six should be coming out very soon this part is almost as good if not better than part one which rarely happens. Like I've really been enjoying part two a lot. We have, this time we have Rita Repulsa and Krang teaming up to cause some some problems. Part two has more focus on the turtles stories. I feel like than part one did. Part one was very much Power Rangers with the turtles there. So it's kind of flip-flopping this time around. We have Dimension X Rangers that's all i really want to reveal because each issue of this arc so far has had a cliffhanger that i've been like what and i need to read more i want to read more and it's 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 a phenomenal read the art's really good it's a lot of fun if you like teenage mutant ninja turtles if you like power rangers i highly recommend going out and checking these out the first arc so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That first book is out in trade paperback right now. You can still pick it up. Uh, The second part is currently coming out in single issues. There's five that are out right now. Issue six should be out relatively soon. And I would guarantee by the end of the year, they'll have the trade paperback out for that as well. And that's probably the next time that you'll hear me talk about it is when the trade paperback comes out, because I'll probably be best stopping it again, because it's that damn good. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. The art's really good. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the crossovers, check them out. They're really good. For next week, to kind of tease, because it bleeds into that, uh, it is the 30th anniversary of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And so with that came a Netflix special an hour long special bringing back a lot of the original cast of the mighty Morphin power rangers into a special of once and always next week we will be talking about that special we'll have a special guest that'll be coming on to talk about that with us we're going to be doing spoiler talks on that the special came out this week make sure that you watch it before listening to next week's episode because we're going to be talking all the spoilers in that episode But before we wrap up, we have been the Midwesternerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwesternerds. We are the Midwesternerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to midwesternerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind, please rewind. All of these things help this podcast to continue to improve and grow and be the Midwestern nerds podcast that you, the listener, want to listen to. For your Midwestern nerds this week, I have been Brian Stoffel. And I've been K.O. Kyle Olson. And whether it's beer, brats, comics, or lackluster season finales,
0: Keep it nerdy!